What's up? And welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back. Welcome back, you guys. It's me. It's Victoria Brown. Uh, This is the very best self-podcast. I want to top of the show to say, again, a giant thank you for being a loyal listener because it means a lot to me. Uh, This episode is really great. So I've got Todd Durkin on the podcast today. You guys, Todd is an inspiring guy. That's just really like the two word exa- um, example I would give of who he is or, you know, explanation of who he is, is an inspiring guy. Um, but beyond that, he's a gym owner. He is a mindset coach. He is a trainer. He is an author. He is a podcast host. He is a speaker and he has trained some of the top athletes in the world on the biggest stages. Uh, and so that's kind of a big theme I think we have going in this, in this podcast, um, is, you know, a lot of the, the people who are the people behind these top performers, right? We talk about mindset. We talk about things that, you know, give you that extra added advantage to go where you want to go in your life. And so a lot of times that means imploring, you know, a great mindset. I would say, I would argue most of the time that means stepping into a great mindset. And so I think that's why a lot of you are here and why a lot of you keep coming back week after week. So I want to thank you for being here. Um, and we're going to jump all the way into this episode. I think you're going to like it. Actually, I take that back. I think you're going to love it. Um, so let's let's do it, guys. Here we go. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Victoria. Yeah. So I don't even know if you remember this, but like the first time I met you was in Portland, Oregon at the Under Armour Summit, which I, was in, yeah. my gosh, was that 2018 now or 2017 maybe? Pre-pandemic days. <laughs> yeah, we'll just call it that. I mean, it dates way, way back. And so, you know, it's kind of crazy because you get like, you know, some of the top trainers in the entire world in the same space together. Mm-hmm. And not only was it one of the most inspiring weekends that I've ever been a part of, but because, you know, we're both Under Armour fanatics, obviously, you know, on the team and the squad. But you know, it's like rallying people together in that space when when there's already just the top people. Um, I just remember you being someone who really rallied everybody together. And I was very like inspired by your presence. Uh, like I said, just having that many personalities in one room, right? Like, and it's like someone has to still emerge. And so, you know, I was new to the team at the time. I had uh, just signed on maybe a few months prior. So, you know, really just like taking notice of how you kind of rallied the room uh, was super inspiring to me as a new athlete on the team. Well, thank you. I remember that weekend very vividly because as you said, there were a lot of great coaches and trainers in the room and, um, I've been with Under Armour since 2006, so it's wow. been a long time now. I've been doing a lot of work with them, and uh, proud of from you know from Kevin Plank and what he created. But more importantly, I think when the coaches and trainers together, this is just my own personal belief. But I believe as trainers and coaches, regardless if it wants someone green in the field or you've been in the field for you know 20 plus years, is coaches can make a difference in anyone's life, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's a studio gym, regardless of one's role in the studio or the gym, if you're a Group X instructor, uh, I just know that. The impact that a trainer or a coach can have on someone's life is impactful. And I've devoted the last 
10 plus years of my life in, in coaching coaches and, and, and coaching trainers and, and doing a lot of that work. I, I really treasure the role of being a mentor to a lot of other trainers and coaches. I think that stems from my quarterback days as an athlete. I was always, you know, I love being in the huddle. I love calling the plays and that, but I loved also finding out the story of other people because we all have a unique walk in life and we all have different gifts and talents. I think UA has done an awesome job in vetting different stories and different backgrounds and walks from these folks. So that was certainly a highlight a few years back. Uh, I think it was in a, in 18, we got together and got to hang with people like you, Victoria, that were firecrackers and doing crazy stuff in the workouts. I'm like, I remember I used to be able to do all that. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's yeah. Cool. and I totally agree with that. Just to go off on like a side note, like I really am so obsessed with Under Armour. I am. Mm. Like we ended up in like the most just incredible place with with a team of people that that really cares about people and all the coaches that they choose and the trainers that they choose. I think they 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 each have like that unique kind of thing. I, I wouldn't say unique thing. I would just say we all have that thread that ties us together that we really care about the people that we serve. Uh, and I I think that they they pick up on that. And so I, I love the brand so much, and I'll be a lifer for sure. I always say there's a unique DNA to folks who are behind the brand. There's a DNA that exists. And I think it's an authentic desire to help people. And I, I always tell the team back there is, man, there's like thousands of other trainers and coaches who I want to get involved with Under Armour because there's thousands. at the core of, of most trainers, there's a great heart. There's a heart to change lives and to change the, the darkness that's out there and to pour into someone, whether it's one person or a hundred people or a thousand people or more. Um, I just love the heart and soul of Under Armour, what it's about. And I mean, being back in the, in the day when it was just getting started in a lot of ways in 06, 07, 08, 09, um, it was the same core values then that there are now. And it's to help people be the best that they can possibly be because there's an athlete in all of us. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, all right. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about you. Um, basically, you know, you've had a career now that spanned, you know, over 20 years in, in the business working with dozens of world-class athletes, NFL MVPs, Super Bowl champions, Olympic gold medalists, MMA world champions, MLB all-stars, World Series champs, and MVPs. Like, they're, like who have you not worked with? I mean, it's, it's insane. Um, you know, but like, I really want to get into like who Todd Durkin is, how this all started. So if you can share like a little bit of a backstory of kind of where you came from growing up and what makes you who you are. Yeah. Well, thanks, Victoria. You know, I, I grew up in the hard streets of Brick, New Jersey. I'm a Jersey guy uh, down the shore. And uh, let me tell you what, it's a special place to grow up. Um, I'm the youngest of eight kids. So I have five sisters and two brothers. And, and growing up as the youngest of eight kids, you got to scrap for food, for clothes, for anything. When I was five, my parents got divorced. And um, looking back now, many years later, it's amazing when you reflect on where you came from and, and how you got to where you're at. I realized that so much of who I am today is, is my roots back in, in brick and uh, growing up that way is because from age five to 10, I remember my pops moved away. Uh, my mom was raising eight kids as a single mom. We didn't have wow. money. I was the lunch ticket kid, um, which I was embarrassed about, you know, um, Dang, I still get emotional because uh, when you're a kid and you're growing up, you have money. You don't really know you're poor until you look back. You're like, dang, um, didn't have much. And I had this weird relationship with money of, you know, someday, how am I going to become something special and something successful? And I think it, I realized that um, 
now how important your background of where you come from is. And um, I had a couple of good mentors growing up. Um, one was my eventual high school football coach, Warren Wolf, who paved the way for me to eventually earn a, a college football scholarship to William and Mary down in Virginia. Uh, my father came back into my life at age 10 and um, really for the next 10 years poured into me um, un unlike most dads would. I had more of a dad in, in those 10 years than most would have in a lifetime. Um, but where I, where I come from brick is still very much a part of who I am today. You know, I'm out in San Diego now it's on the West coast, but I do a lot of travel, but who I am today certainly stems from, uh, where I come from. And, uh, I'm very proud of, of being from New Jersey and my mom is still living at 88 years old and she epitomizes love. I wrote a book, uh, I think it was 016 called the wow book. I devoted a chapter all about love. Um, unfortunately, my pops passed away when I was 20, and that was a big part of my story because at age 20, as a college athlete competing for a starting quarterback job at the time, all of a sudden I went from this guy who had it all together, great school, scholarship athlete, to I didn't care anymore. I didn't care about football. I didn't care about school. Like my, my best friend, my main mentor, my father, was taken from my life. I got angry at God and I just, I had several months of really difficult times. Um, and uh, looking back now, it really strengthened my faith and it strengthened who I am as a dad now, three kids. I have a 19, 17, and 14 year old. I can't believe I'm saying that, but, you know, as a father now and growing up kids and raising kids, I realize who I am as a father and a husband now is so much of the lessons I learned from my dad. So that, 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 uh, that was an interesting time in my life. Yeah, I can only imagine that that was an interesting time. So how did you get it back on track? Hmm. And sometimes we take a beat, right? Sometimes yeah. it's it, life is like that, right? We're not meant to stay on these high highs all the time, you know, being a, like you said, you know, as you mentioned, a, a college collegiate, you know, scholarship athlete fighting for the D1 or the uh, starting hmm. spot and like, you know, everything is going well and good. And then it's like we hit these low points. Like, how do you pick yourself back up or how did you pick yourself back up at that time? Yeah, you keep going, right? Like you keep going. That's that's all you can do. Uh, fortunately, I had a good circle of influence of, of guys around me. My teammates picked me up. I remember sitting in my dorm room at the time thinking about, I just want to get my car and drive. I want to get out of here. I want to just, just get out. And uh, I remember talking late night uh, with some of my buds, um, you know, the Tony Tomiches, Andy Ruckmans, guys who are still lifelong friends and Warren Rourke and these guys and I remember saying, they, they're like, you just don't go. Just show up at practice. I remember being having my football helmet on at practice crying. Here I am, a college quarterback, and I, I could care less. Like, I got tears coming out of my eyes. And um, you keep going. And I, I fortunately had a good pastor uh, who mentored me through this time, who brought me full circle back around. And I kept going. And interesting enough, it ended up being my best semester academically uh, because I poured my heart and soul into school after three or four weeks of not having my mind right. And eventually I turned that into a dream of, you know what, I'm not done playing football when I was done playing football. And I took this, took this circuitous route over to Europe and said, I'm going to going to go overseas and play. And I was in Berlin, Germany and Amsterdam uh, and then Cannes, France playing football because my dream, Victoria, was it was to be in the NFL. And I, that was my dream from the time I was five to 25. I was like, I'm going to be an NFL quarterback. That's what God designed me to do. I've had some detours along the way. 
And um, my second year in Europe playing uh, professional American football, uh, I had a really serious back injury. And I was in France when it happened. And I still remember the doctor in France saying, uh, does he have a back problem? Does he have a her- three herniated discs, spinal stenosis, and degenerative back disease? And wow. I remember being like, my dream is over. Like, yeah. Like, what do I do? Like, what, what, what's next? And I, I was in such bad shape. Uh, I was, you know, on Vicodin and I couldn't fly. I couldn't sit upright for an hour, let alone six to fly home. So I spent the better part of the next three months rehabbing in France. You know, woe is me. I was in Cannes, France rehabbing. Not a bad place, but let me tell you. It could be you, worse. Right? But if you've ever been in physical pain, you know that it's a dark place. And I was soul searching soul searching. Like here's my dream was just shattered back injury. Uh, I didn't want surgery cause I was certainly wasn't going to get surgery in France. And, uh, I was just thinking, man, didn't matter. I had a degree and I had a teaching credential and massage therapy certification and a strength and conditioning certification. Cause I was, I was racking these certs up while I was playing, but it was like, what, what's next? What's next? And, and I, I spent the better part of a few years soul searching, and living in 13 different cities over five years, essentially trying to heal my back and train under doctors and physiotherapists and, and Reiki healers, body workers, you name it. I tried it. Cause when you're in pain, you'll do anything. And I didn't want that surgery. And uh, that eventually led me down, down the path to what I do today. Yeah. It's, it sounds very reminiscent of the story of, of the rock, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's something I talk, and I've ended up talking about, I've ended up speaking about a lot on this podcast, which is the dream itself, a lot of times doesn't change. It's the vessel that changes. And so it's the things that made you feel the most alive about playing football. It's like we attach ourselves so often to these certain specific dreams or these specific, you know, professions or whatever it is. But a lot of times, like it, those things that we do or the things that we're in love with can be extracted and we can put them towards so many other different careers. So it sounds like you were in a dark place feeling like your purpose and your passion was taken from you, but you just figured out how to package it up differently and put it towards something different, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, you learn to trust your gut in a lot of ways because looking back, I have no idea how I went from Cannes, France to going back to New Jersey, settling there. Next thing I know, I, I met an entertainer in, in, in Hollywood. Next thing I'm, I'm living in Sting's Beach House in Malibu, California. Not, no the, way. not the wrestler's thing, but the, the singer's thing. I'm like, wait a second. I, I was just in, in Cannes, France. Now I'm living in Malibu at Sting's Beach House. I'm training all these people. But I don't know if you've ever been there, but here I am on the outside world. My friends are like, Dude, you're making you're making money training Hollywood celebrities and inside. I was like, this is miserable. This yeah. is miserable. This is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not what God had planned for me. And I did it for a while until I had the gumption to say, you know what? This is not my purpose. I love the training part, but I knew I didn't love LA and what I was doing. I felt more like an elbow piece than an actual coach and trainer making a difference in people's lives. Um, it was more of like a celebrity status to have a trainer. Now this is the you know late nineties at the time, but 
that was an important step to meet one of my other mentors, a bodywork mentor named Double E, who taught me Rothing, structural integration, energy work, and took my bodywork game to the next level, which I eventually moved back to San, down to San Diego. And the only reason I moved to San Diego was because my beat up old 1987 Volvo with the velour hanging down, there was no way it would have made it back across the country to the East Coast. So I was like, I'll hang out in grad school for two years and uh, went down to state and I was a GA and I met my future wife there which um, that was the, you know, again, God's plan to, to, to the circuitous route to end up there, which ultimately in January of year 2000, I opened up my shingle of Fitness Quest 10. No idea how to run a business. I had no clients. I had no money and I had no business plan, but I was fired up. And that was the yeah. start of, of uh, Fitness Quest 10. And 22 years later, here we are. Wow. That's unbelievable. So that was the, the gym that you opened up, like you said, with no money, no business plan, nothing. And you started Pure from scratch. Passion. Just like, Hey, let's change lives. I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but now you got to remember for those of you listening in year 2000 training studios didn't exist. It was all like big box gyms. Then it was all in memberships. So when I opened right. the studio and the studio did not have memberships, it was only, I'm only going to work with you. If you come in and train with me one-on-one, and people were looking at me cross. I like, wait, you're crazy. How do you make that? But I was like, it's kind of like in, in, um, the Eastern world. I, and you look at healing and, and medicine. It's like, I want to be paid when you're well, I want to be paid to take care of your health and help coach you to that. And that was the model that we started. And I, I looking, looking back now, it's interesting that the folks who came into me early on were all people who had back pain. I'm like, ah, wow. interesting. My first pro athlete I worked with hobbled in with back pain. I'm thinking, isn't this interesting? What crushed my dream to play professional football now is opening up doors to work with pro athletes, to work with then the San Diego Chargers as their massage therapist and started training the Ladanian Tomlinson's and Drew Breeses of the world. It was all from people who start with back pain that was the impetus to get into what I did. And I... Listen, I didn't grow up wanting to be a gym owner or a trainer. That wasn't that wasn't what I desired to do. I wanted to help people. I had no idea how to do it. Back to your original point about dreams and and that, but kind of fitness found me and this field found me versus me finding the field. It was really a master plan to start to work with people who are in pain and try to improve performance. Right. I mean, I, I see I definitely see the the correlation between the two, right? Like when you're the quarterback and you're the guy leading the huddle and you're the guy who's like bringing energy to the team and you're the guy who's like trying to rally everybody together, right? Like that's what you're doing, you know, mm -hmm. when as a gym owner, that's what you're doing as a trainer, that's what you're doing as a mindset coach and you're trying to like instill belief in people and uh, about their purpose and their passion and 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 also healing um because, you know, sharing a journey that you had already gone on yourself with the, with you know giving back to to others to how you got to the other side so that they can get to the other side too mm -hmm. uh, and so you've gone on now to write a couple books like you said and so your most recent book um is get your mind right 10 keys to unlock your potential and ignite your success that's right get your yeah. mind right <laughs> Who I'm all about it. right? oh man yeah it I'm came out during it. the pandemic it, was, it, it came out i wrote it just prior to the pandemic, finished it. And then the pandemic happens. And my publisher was like, well, we can't publish it quite yet. I'm like, yes, we can. People need to get their mind right. And it came out in June of 2020, uh, literally in the middle of that. And it's helped now 
a lot of people get their mind right. And um, I mean, that's really what my purpose has has morphed into at a deeper level is how do you get people's minds right when their minds aren't right? Because there's a lot of people right now, even if your mind is right many times, it's like, not is it ever not right? Is it how many times in a day is it not right? How do you get your mind right yeah. on a daily basis? Uh, because there's just so much turmoil, inner t- turmoil right now is, as people really search for more, I'll just say peace and harmony inside. Uh, how do you eradicate the inner turmoil? I think part of that is getting your mind right when your mind ain't right. Man, I feel like that's not even, I feel like that's all of it. <laughs> right? I mean, that's the battle. I can't believe your publisher was like, we, now's not a good time. Because I, I would have said the same thing. I'd be like, now people need this. Now is the best time ever. Like. Yeah. It you know? was more, I think, a logistical thing, right? Like, okay, everything's shut down. Bookstores yeah. are shut down. And yeah, Amazon certainly wasn't, but um, shops were shut down, shipping. Every, it was like all of this unknowingness of how do we get right. the books everywhere we got to go. And um, it ended up, again, fortunately, it did come out several months later in June. Uh, but uh, everything has their perfect timing. Everything's got the right timing. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. I'm always, I've always been a big believer of that. So how does one get their mind right when their mind is not right? <laughs> <laughs> the million dollar question, right? And uh, obviously I share 10 keys in the book, but, and Victoria, you know, this is as best as anybody, but some of the basic fundamental things is train. You got to exercise hard. Now that's not, like, oh, of course, Todd, but when your mind ain't right, let me go as far as if you're down and out or you're depressed, you know, you're supposed to work out, but you don't. And then you start eating like garbage. So you're like, you know what? Forget it. Screw it. I, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm not doing it today. And next thing you know, you're 15, 20 pounds up. You're more depressed. You're like, so when I talk about movement is medicine and motion is lotion, motion is lotion, movement is medicine. Movement is medicine. I call it get your dose every day, uh, not your dose of Durkin. I used to have this dose of Durkin, like little quick motivational tips, but more of like your dose, your dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. You get a dose every day, most days of the week, all of a sudden, you know, about 15 minutes in, you're like, dang, I feel good. I feel good. I mean, this morning, Victoria, literally before we recorded this is, I was like, I don't have a lot of time uh, to work out this morning. I'm just going to do a 15 minute little movement session. Next thing you know, 45 minutes later, I'm in there got Van Halen on cranking music and getting after it, clanging and banging. I'm like, free, let's go. Right. So it's number one is you got to train and you got to find an environment that you can train in. It's a winning environment, whether it's a studio, it's a, it's a gym, it's your home, find something that, you know, that, that you're able to, uh, you know, really pour into your body. Cause talk about to get your mind right. You got to get your body right. Um, can we so take a segue on that too? I want to unpack that for a second. Yeah. For anyone who's out there who feels overwhelmed mm-hmm. by working out or who feels like like just hearing that, you know, doesn't make them feel good because they just can't find their rhythm, they can't find their thing. I always like to implore people that fitness is not one size fits all. And so you have to find the thing that works for you. Yeah. And so there's some people who can just walk into it. Like if you're someone who anybody who's not listening, if you're somebody who, who's like, okay, I got the gym membership. Cool. And then you walk into the gym and you're totally overwhelmed and you're like, this is not for me. I just want to quit. I want to give up. I'm overwhelmed. I hate this. Like 
that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. Like we should not beat ourselves up for that, right? Maybe it's because you're meant to be doing yoga. Maybe it's because you're meant to be going to spin classes. Maybe it's because you, you work better if you have a trainer. Like my boyfriend, for instance, you know, he's the type of guy, he like writes his own workouts. He goes to the gym. He like, like he clangs and bangs and he like does his thing. And like, for me, I'm like, I want, I can do that, but like, I want to be led, Right. So I want to have a trainer or I want to put on or I'll go into the gym and I'll put on like, um, you know, a 40 minute like, you know, workout video and I'll follow a trainer on the workout video. Um, but it's it's about trial and error. It's about finding what works for you and not beating yourself up. If you try something and you fail at it, just continuing to show up and trying different things. Not only that, like if you are someone who wants or needs to be coached, then you have to find the right coach, right? You could walk into a soul cycle studio and you could take one of my coworkers and have like, or even me, let's just say, and have the worst experience ever because you don't vibe with, or with that person. But then you go to somebody else and you, and you have the best experience of your life because you're like, Oh my God, this is for me. This is right. You know? And so I think it's really just so important uh, yeah. to find what works for you. And to your point, Victoria, I think that's awesome. One of the things I say, too, if you want to get your mind right, but you just you're like, I got to get started. Yeah. I say get out in nature. Go out yeah, for a great, walk yeah. outside um, because nature is tremendously healing. That could be a, a, a walk in, you know, in a local park. It could be, you know, on the beach, taking your shoes off and feeling the sand between your toes. Um, if it's raining out, go out in the rain and walk. The elements actually awaken your soul. So. Right. Getting outside is tremendously healing. Um, I start most mornings with a walk. I take my pup out. I listen to a podcast and I get walking. All of a sudden that gets the blood flowing. And now I'm like, okay, get back inside and, and do that. Uh, I, and I have a home gym. And people are like, why do you have a home gym when you have your own gym? Because I like, I want my own time too. So that people aren't yeah. coming up with I'm just talking and saying, hey, how do you do this? So I have that. I call it the holy hour. You have your hour or so, whatever that means to you. And uh, you literally, you get after it um, on there. So getting out in nature, uh, doing outdoor activities, I think is tremendously uh, healing as well. Yeah. So what are some other, one of your, some of your other 10 keys uh, to unlocking your potential and igniting your success? Like give us some of your, your top favorites besides well, movement as medicine, which I totally agree with that. Yeah. Well, one of them is the exact opposite of that. I'll, I'll go a little more yin. Um, okay. It's something I've done for a while and I find it, uh, it, the power of writing. And when mm -hmm. I say writing, I'm talking about journaling because mm -hmm. most of the successful people I know in the business world in some way have a form of journaling. And it could be a, a journal where there's guided questions. Um, I've recently created one in uh, a journal and it's just a few minutes long where I, before I go out in the morning, I set my intentions. I have my gratitude time. Um, I, I, who's on my prayer list for the day? Um, what am I going to do today that's going to create a winning day? How am I going to maximize impact today? And my mantra for the day. And my mantra might be get your mind right, right? And whatever it is. Or I am. I declare today is going to be a winning day. Or I am strong. Or I am love. Um, or I'm going to pour my energy into you know, someone on my team. Um, so the power of writing, why? Because it gets you out of your head. It gets you out of your head and into your heart. So if you can get out of your head and into your heart, now you get your head and your heart connected, your head and your heart connect. And there's about 12 to 16 inches separating your heart from your head. And when you can do that, now you're not so much in your head because the self-talk and the, the limiting beliefs, the, the BS stuff we all tell ourselves is in our head. So 
I find that writing is tremendously valuable to get out of your head. So if you find that you're in your head too much and you're beating yourself up, then just it could be a, a blank notebook. There's nothing fancy or you actually get a journal and you you start to just write things down. I've also in the last several months been doing journaling in the evening. Why? Mm-hmm. I wasn't sleeping really well the last few months. I, I was like, I'm getting up in my mind. I'm trying to like <laughs> I'm trying to like solve the world's problems. Right. Yeah. So my mind is getting up in the middle of the night. So I started to journal at night so I can actually the last hour that I go to sleep. I'm actually it's all about personal care. And one of the things in that last hour that I'll do is I'll take a few minutes with a different set of questions to just journal and get out of my head and quiet everything down. So I think the power of writing or journaling is another uh, tremendously important, valuable way that you can, quote, get your mind right if your mind ain't right. Yeah. And, you know, I also love hearing this from a man. Mm. Can I just say? Uh, because mm. I think that there's also this kind of stigma around there that like journaling is like kind of like a more feminine thing. Um, yeah. But there's lots like su- there's so many successful men, just su- successful humans in general have this thing in common, right? Yeah. Where they like they journal and they take time for themselves. But I think I just do find some a, a lot of value and a lot of importance in 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 making sure that the men who maybe like are more trepidatious yeah. around those habits, like know that like, yeah, dudes do this too. You know, That's a good, a good point. I didn't think about it like that. But if you're a linear thinker, like I'm actually by, by nature, I'm more linear, but some of the journaling I do, you wouldn't even consider journaling, for example. So if you are a guy or gal who's like, ah, it's all too flowery and too, you know, I'm not going to do that. I, every Sunday, I do this thing called W lags and I share that in get your mind right. My W lags and it's a form of journaling. Why? Because I reflect on the past week and I look at my wins, losses and aha moments from the past seven days. And I, then I set my goals, the G goals for this upcoming week. It typically takes me about 20 minutes, but it's really about reflecting, taking the time out to look at what were my past wins, what were my losses of the week, if there were any, and what were my aha moments. There's always aha moments. That's a form of journaling. It's very structured. It's only once a week. But I could look back. My kids could read my W lag from the last 15 years. Literally, I've been doing these and looking and you've got your life there. And it's a form of journaling. It's not all airy fairy kind of stuff. It's, hey, this is these are the wins, losses, ahas, and here are my goals, and I'm going to focus on that, which brings me into my you know, every day, my big five for the day of what I'm going to accomplish that's most impactful. So uh, to me, journaling, if you're more of a uh, left brain uh, thinker, yeah, I think it's good to just have some free flow journaling, but there's also formats that you can use to, to uh, fit where you're at as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I just wanted to touch on that just to make sure everybody out there knows that, yeah, it's it's for everybody and it doesn't have to be airy-fairy like you called it. Yeah. You know, it's just like you connecting with you. Victor, one more, one more because this is important. One more yeah. when you get your mind, when your mind right is, it, I, I say this, you get your body right, you get your mind right, you got to get your, your spirit right, you get your soul right. So you get your body right, you get your mind right, you get your soul right. Well, how do you do that? You pour into people, you serve people. So if you're like, man, there's this, if there's this inner turmoil going on and you're just trying to reach for your purpose, serve more people. So I'll say this, who are you pouring into right now? Who's pouring into you 
And who should you be pouring into? So who are you pouring into? Who should you be pouring into? And who's pouring into you? Because we all need cheerleaders in our life. Last I checked, no one's like, oh, she encourages me too much or he encourages me too much. No, we all need cheerleaders. And same, we need to do a better job in reaching out to whether it be our own kids, family, uh, friends, colleagues, coworkers, people you don't know. So how do you how do you pour into other people? And then who should you be pouring into? Because getting your spirit right, part of a servant mentality is, uh, you know, getting your spirit right. That comes down to prayer, meditation, um, just building your faith muscle. Right. So to me, that if you do get your body right, get your mind right, but but you don't have that spirit flowing. I don't think you can maximize your potential as a man or a woman. Wow. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think I think that's why I love SoulCycle, because if you ask me, in my personal humble opinion, I feel like we're we're doing all of that in the same space, yeah. in the same room, which I just love, like yeah. that quiet moment after, you know, we mm. do the arms, we lift weights, you know, after in the middle, you know, it's like, and then you get that quiet moment where you really connect with yourself and it's almost like moving meditation in a way. Uh, but Huge. I love that. I'm, I'm really big on the soul aspect of it for sure. I didn't want to leave that one out because it might be the first most important one. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with that. I totally agree with that. If you're doing all of it, if you're, if you're working out, you get your dose released. Now you're physiologically feeling great. When you change your physiological state, you change your psychological state. So now if your physiology or psychology is working together and then you get your heart and soul, right, man, that's that's the ingredients of what it takes to say, I'm back. I feel great. It's a winning combo right there. Yeah, that's it. That's a combo. And you know what, too, I would say there's not like a, for me, I think anyways, there isn't like a one, two, three necessarily with that, right? There's some people out there who I think maybe they start to work out first and then it's like the mind comes and then the, like, but some people, maybe they start meditating and they start journaling and then that gives them the confidence to then step into the gym and get their body right. And then the mind comes or whatever, you know? So I think there's not maybe, I think the number one can be interchangeable, based on who you are as a human being and how you kind of show up in the, like how you perform best. Right. Right. I love, I love it. Agreed. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you also, you know, as I mentioned, all of these incredible, incredible athletes that you've worked with um, and, you know, your mindset coach, you know, what are, you know, some, a couple of the lessons from some of these top athletes that you've worked with that, you know, that give us the mindset of what it takes to be the best in the world at something. Just some underlying themes or things that you've learned or maybe just things that you teach them or perhaps, you know, an underlying thing that they all struggle with. I'd probably say that they, they teach me more than I teach them in a lot of ways because having having a behind the scenes view of this as a coach, I once heard this and it has stuck true with me throughout my career is a great coach tells you things that you need to hear, not that you want to hear so you can be all that you're meant to be. So as a coach and as a trainer, I prided myself in in having relationships with my clients and athletes where I can tell them things out of compassion and love that if they want to be the best in the world at what they do in the boardroom or on the ball field, I believe you need to step up your game in this area of your life. And it might be training. It might be nutrition. It might be recovery. It might be mindset. It might be hard set. But it could also be off the field. It could be your relationships and, and, and your lifestyle and, and, and ways you're handling things. Um, right. aren't the best way. Cause I think there's congruence when people say I want more balance. So having that bird's eye view from some of the best in the world, in the, in the sports side of things is uh, 
One would be a guy like Drew Brees has the ability to compartmentalize his life better than anybody I know. How do you compartmentalize? When it's time to go to the gym, you are 100% focused on the gym. And when the gym is done, you can actually then have you focus on what other areas of your life that you're working on, whether it be business or your relationships, and you're not carrying a bad game into your marriage or into your fathering or parenting um, on that. And I, I really tremendously respect in training now Drew for over 20 years. I've seen that as a young man and now as he's 40, almost, you know, he's 40 plus um, on that. So I also see this with the best uh, Mike Chandler, who's a UFC lightweight fighter um, on this is, you know, he has a thing called see you at the top. There's always another level. There's always another level. Here's the most dangerous thing to success. It's success. So when you're Mm. successful, how do you stay hungry? And the world's best athletes, a coach or a mentor has to continually find ways to motivate and inspire someone that there is another level. Have you ever been stuck because you're at the top? We all want to get to the top. But what what if you get to the top of your field or your career? You're just like, what's next? LaDainian Thomas. Yeah, like, yeah, my, my, Danian Thompson, LT, told me this 2006. Um, you know, we won the, we, he won the MVP of the NFL. I was training him. Um, and he, and he said this afterwards to me. He said, um, what's next? I just got, I'm, I'm the best player in the NFL I was voted on. I got to find something else because for the last three years, we've been working to be the best in the game. And we got, and that's where I'm at. How do I get to the next level? So I actually was like, I didn't understand it. Then I was kind of a young trainer. I'm like, well, I don't get that mentality. Repeat it. Let's go. Right. Right. But I get it now. And, and having a 20 plus year career is you always have to find another level. And Mike Chandler, see at the top is there's always another level. When you get to the top, there's another peak. And the last one I'll share is this is um, you have to have a willingness to fail and mm. take risk. Because if you want to be the best in the world at what you do, we get comfortable after a while and we, we, we seek comfort, we seek harmony, but it's kind of a little weird when you get to that place where everything is running smooth and there's no big fires. I think it really comes down to when you do your own soul searching, I call it tapping into your whispers and you have that, that talk with yourself and God of like, hey, you know, what, what's, what's the next level inside of me? It involves risk and risk involves failure. And that is scary. So what I've seen from some of the best athletes and entrepreneurs, the Kevin Planks from Under Armour on down is you got to be willing to take risks. You got to be willing to put new things out there that are going to fail, whether it be a new product line, whether it be new apparel, whether it be a new online program, um, you'll be willing to talk more about your faith, like whatever good people can knock you down. Ultimately, you have to live with yourself. But we start thinking to ourselves, man, if I do that, it's, it's outside the, you know, the comfort zone. People, what are they going to think? And what are people going to think? Forget what everyone thinks because you got to deal with yourself at the end of the day and do what is congruent with you and then deal with the consequences because ultimately you got to live with you and no one else does. So those are some of the lessons I probably could write a book just on that. But I think the willingness to fail um, is a big one because – Many times people who've been at the top or, or at the top, you don't see all their, their, 
their failures. You don't see all the stuff that that they've been through and the sacrifices and, you know, nope, I'm not going to that party. I'm not going on that trip. I'm not going to this or that. And, you know, you have that that innate desire to be great. Innate desire to be great. I love that. You know, it's I think everything you just said is is so profound, I think, um, and important. Um, but yeah, I love that not having the top it's not a real thing, right? It's like you're constantly, you have to live in, in such a way where your ceiling becomes your floor over and over and over again. That's where I try to live. Like mm. it's, there's no, especially too, I think, you know, I think there were years, like years and years ago, I remember there was this person that I looked up to and I remember it was like, you know, this person was very, very motivated. They were extremely motivational. They were selling out all their soul cycle classes. Um, they were selling them out right at noon when they became live for the week. Mm. Um, you know, and I remember I looked up to this person so much. And I was like, I just want to be just like that. That's mm. what I want to aspire to be. I was just starting out. Like, I want to be like that. I want to do that. I want to be that, right? And you talk about aha moments because I had one of those aha moments. I remember I was at this party and this person was giving a talk um, and I was looking up and I was like, hold on a minute, Mm. hold on a minute. And I thought to myself, Victoria Heather Brown, I'm like, this is all you aspire to be. Not that this person is an absolutely amazing and eloquent and everything. And I still look up to this person so much to this day, but Mm. I was like, is this all you think success consists of? selling out your soul cycle classes and having a sold out schedule. And it was this aha moment where I was like, we've got, I, like I had a conversation with myself, like you've got to shoot for higher. You've got to shoot for more. You've got to go for bigger. Like, you know, that's not the top. That's not the ceiling. There's so much more to experiencing and finding success. And my God, if you just focus on that all this time, like, what do you, what, what do you amount True. to once you get there? True. Like, it's like, True. you know, if all you do is focus your energy on being the MVP of the NFL and winning the Super Bowl, like once you get there, then you, you are at that place where you're like, okay, what the hell is next? Yep. Right. It's like, I want that. And I'm living in a world that is always both. And, you know, I want that. And I want something else. I want all of it. And there's no reason why we can't live in that headspace and live in that world. And like, Ooh. it's like, Ooh. we don't need to pigeonhole ourselves into this like tiny little, you know, cause it is, it might seem like the biggest dream in the world, but like, does it fill up the whole room? Does it fill up the whole house? Does it fill up the whole city? Like how big is that dream? Cause it can probably be bigger. Yeah. You're firing me up, Victoria. You're firing me up right now. True. I'm just saying. Right? Yeah. No, it was, it was a big love, aha moment for me. But no. And I love what you said there about running your own race. I think, yeah. you know, dr- dreams without goals and action are dreams, <laughs> right? But right. when you have big dreams and you, you have big goals and you take action on that, then, then great things happen. And the other thing I would say is just on, on the dreams part is I think we all, I call them god size dreams. You got to have big, big dreams. But how do you find peace in the day, in the mm-hmm. process? And yeah. I think uh, w- world-class athletes, entrepreneurs, or just anyone else who is in this game called life, We've got to find peace and harmony in the process, in today. So we've got these aspirational dreams that sometimes are unattainable, but they certainly give us the juice necessary to get there, and we end up doing pretty good. But how do you find every day the, the, just the, 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 the happiness, 
that we all seek internally to say, you know what? This is this is a good day. I made a difference today. I changed someone's life today or I had a great conversation with t- someone today or I, I, I got a massage and got some body work today. I'm a better man or father or husband for that today. Because at the end of the day, I think the one thing the last couple of years has taught us about the poignancy of the now being in the here and the now and the conversation right now as we do this podcast, like I'm, I'm with you, Victoria, in this convo of like, this is where I'm at. And I think that's something that we all can work on is being present in the now while we have big dreams that sometimes and we all have been there. We know people who have done this is they're, they're not even in the conversation. They're 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 they're, they're, they're somewhere else. So mm-hmm. just some thoughts on that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, OK, I will ask you one last question, which is what is the best piece of advice that you could give your younger self? Whew. Depending on which era of life we're talking, but I, I'm going to go back to the late teen, early 20s, Todd, and um, not worry what everyone else thought of what I was going to do and make my decisions based on what other people thought I should do. Um, and it's even today, like we, it, yeah, I've got kids and social media, and sometimes like, well, if I do this, they're going to think that. To me, it's like, do what you know you need to do because when I was even looking at what major am I going to be? And I was like, I'm going to be a government major. So I could be the president of the United States someday. Right. Like, you know, so that was like a, a reason. And then business, I'll make money. And it wasn't until I found kinesiology and my love for anatomy and, and that, that I felt this happiness inside. So the, the, the wisdom I'd give my younger self is don't worry about what everyone else thinks. Just be you, be the best version of you and do what makes you happy and trust your gut that it's going to work out because 30 years ago, I would have never dreamt of the opportunities as a kinesiology major, the tremendous opportunities as a life transformer now that existed. I thought you, if you were a kinesi exercise science major, then it was a new major. You would be a teacher and coach. Nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, I am a teacher and a coach. Um, but man, there are a million ways these days um, to really create impact and make a difference in people's lives. So don't worry what everyone else is saying. If you're on social media, which most of us are, is be careful of that, you know, comparison game that we are, are always under of looking at everyone else's story and life and thinking they got everything that you want. That's a bunch of BS. Um, and uh, ultimately, we have to live with ourselves. So make sure that you're making decisions that are going to put you in a, a situation and position to live your best life and, and create max impact. Amen. <laughs> Todd, amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for being on today. Just so many nuggets of wisdom and so many things. I think, you know, people are going to want to listen to this episode and, you know, listen to it back with a pen and paper and write down a lot of the things that you had to say. So thanks for just honestly inspiring me in this conversation too. It's like no wonder that, you know, so many top athletes in the world work with you because I mean, you're a pretty inspiring guy and uh, you tell it like it is. And I like that. So. Well, Victoria, thank you. And th- thank you for inspiring me. I-, I was getting all fired up. I feel like I can run through a wall right now. So I guess I'm going to do one of your, your cycling classes to get all fired up. I love it. Um, also, um, I'm going to mention, I mean, I'm going to put it in the top of the show as well, but you know, I'm going to mention that this, we're doing a pod swap. So I guess we're going to drop these on the same day, probably maybe. I don't know. Anyways, I'm going to be on Todd's podcast. So everybody out there who's listening, uh, who wants to hear Todd interview me, um, I'm going to be on his podcast. So we're going to, I'll definitely yeah. blast that out on the socials when it happens. Um, and then of course you can listen to Todd this episode. So, uh, pod swap, you know? 
pod swap. I can't wait, Victoria. Uh, we'll let you know. That's called the Todd Durkin Impact Show. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to get deep with Victoria Brown. So you're going to want to be on right. that too, folks. It's always good to to uh, to, to be on, on your show, Victoria. I appreciate what you do and what you're doing to impact so many people out there. And uh, it really was, was uh, an honor to be on your show today. So that is, as I said, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the man, the myth, the legend, Todd Durkin. Um, I'm so glad that the universe, you know, brought him into my life so many years ago. Um, and I got to cross paths with such an incredible human. And also that I got to share um, a little bit of who Todd is in this episode today. So um, I would definitely pick up one of his many books that he has written, but most recently his book, Get Your Mind Right. Um, and as we mentioned on before, um, I'm going to be interviewed by Todd on his podcast. So you'll definitely need to give that a listen as well. Um, and the loyal Todd following uh, that came over to listen to today's episode, I appreciate you for being here. Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me is just you know, towards the end of the episode, when we were just kind of talking about, you know, your, your, your ceiling and reaching the top and what is the quote unquote top and is there actually a top, right? Because I do, do constantly believe in my life that, you know, we have to live in such a way that our ceiling becomes our floor over and over and over again, right? So whatever it is that you're reaching for, just know that you're not always going to be reaching for that. Eventually, you'll be reaching for something higher and something higher and something higher. So this journey, this this thing called life that we go through, it's just a constant, constant climbing of the ladder. And really just being okay with that and being, I should say, excited by that, you know, because if we just give ourselves this one goal to go after, this one thing to go after, it's like, once you reach that place, then like, then what, you know? So there has to always be somewhere to go from where we are. And I will leave you with that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Todd, such an inspiring guy. Um, and you know the drill, you guys, I always say it, but I would love for you to follow the podcast handle at Very Best Self. Please subscribe to the show so you always get alerts about you know new episodes. And I put a lot of my heart and my soul into handpicking each and every person that I interview. Um, you know... I think when I, I'm just going to go on a little tangent here. I think when I first started out, I was like, you know, we got to pick people with big followings, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And I realized it's not about that, right? It just isn't about that. It's about like, who's here to inspire? Who's here to show up? Like social media is not the measuring stick or the ruler. Um, and how many followers someone has on the internet is, is not like, I started interviewing people on this podcast who don't even have social media. Because I realized that there's a lot of inspiring humans out there who aren't on social media, and that's okay, right? I just want to handpick people to interview on this podcast. And yeah, some of them do have insane following, um, but handpick people on this episode or on this podcast that really just have something to offer every single episode, uh, who are thought leaders and people who are changing the world as we know it, and who are really just going to give so much value back to every person who's listening. So I actually will leave you with that. Follow me on Instagram at Victoria Brown. Thank you guys for being here and I will see you next time.